0: A moment of power. It's time for a moment of power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Installment of our sermon series, summering the Song. Summer. This is the last installment. Go with me to Psalm 133. Psalm 133. Very familiar passage. We'll talk about unity today. Uh, It'll be on the board as well. I'm reading from the English Standard Version today. Follow along in your favorite version if you have your Bibles or electronic devices. Most of us have the Bible apps these days. However, you choose to read the Bible, Amen. Uh, Follow along if you will. It says, Behold, let the church say, Behold. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers brothers dwell in unity. Yes. It is like the precious oil on the head yes. running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. Yes, sir. We know about that word Zion, don't we? Yes. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. Just three short verses. I want to uh, take my title from verse number one. It says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Amen. Amen. I want to preach for about ten minutes, y'all, on the subject, We're Better Together. We're better together. Look at the person next to you and say, I need you more than you can, I imagine. More <laughs> more than you can imagine. I need you More than you can imagine, amen. We're better together. I be all of, amen. Let's pray, God. We thank you for the worship experience so far. Thank you for how you have ministered through song, uh, through prayer, through the giving portion, through the announcements. Thank you for everything we have experienced so far, God. As we press forward into the the preaching time, we realize preaching is also worship as well because preaching is the declaration of your word, the word that we live by, the word that we uh, hold fast with our faith, God. And So God, now as I stand to share with your people, God, I pray that you would release your preaching power over me. Help me to share what you have given me to share. Help me to articulate it. I pray that the words of clear for your people to understand I pray God that the words that I have put together will bring uh, edification to your people but most of all glorification to you if there's anyone here that is not saved God I pray that uh, the power of the Holy Spirit will prick their hearts that they will come running and asking, what must I do to be saved so God I thank you right now for how you're going to use me anoint me afresh from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet use me however you see fit When it's all said and done, God, we shall give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus, Christ our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're better together. We're better together. Look at y'all, they look so serious. Are are y'all training a militia? They look serious like they're ready to jump somebody. Army of the Lord. I feel like like they're training a militia. Over the course of world history, y'all, the cause of countless wars and battles has been division and disagreement. As far back as the Old Testament times, uh, to the Revolutionary War, all the way to the present, as we are witnessing Russia and Ukraine at war, the cause is disagreement over a matter or even multiple matters. Countries are torn apart because of division and disagreement. Communities are torn apart because of division and disagreement. We'll be honest, families are torn apart and become dysfunctional because of division and disagreement. And unfortunately, y'all, churches are torn apart. Because of division and disagreement. I was reading the survey, a broader group survey from last year, 2022. It says uh, 42% of pastors were polled and they, they considered leaving full-time ministry due to pastoral burnout. One of the main reasons for pastoral burnout is the polarization that has developed in congregations, uh, which makes it difficult to do ministry. Uh, the social divides that we see in the country, the political divides and fighting that we see in our country, that has spilled over into our churches. Uh, We're we're always fussing each other, Republican versus Democrat, uh, black versus white, liberal versus conservative, gay versus straight, this, that, and the other. All of that stuff has (laughs) spilled, over into the church and is making it more challenging for churches to be a unified body that God has called us to be political division uh, and personal agendas in the church have divided the church at the micro level and at the macro level macro being the entire church, the body of Christ micro being the, the local church if we'll be honest with ourselves, division should not be the image that the church projects. Amen? Division should not be the image, the example, or the language of the church. It shouldn't be the language of the church because the Bible calls for the church to be unified or on one accord. If we, if we, if we reflect on Scripture, unity is a common theme throughout all the Bible. Amen? One of the earliest mentions of unity in the Bible is in Genesis 2, verses 4. It talks about being united in marriage between a man and a woman. It says that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. All the way in Genesis chapter 2. That's the first mention of unity. Then from there, the Bible goes on in several other places talking about unity. But, but understand that unity is actually uh, on the heart of God. God desires for all of us to be unified in Him. Amen? If you look at the New Testament, if you embrace the New Testament theology of the church, then you understand that unity is favored by God. Paul says in uh, I think 1 Corinthians, he says, God is not the author of confusion. Amen? Paul's letters, many of Paul's letters in the New Testament are filled with references to unity among Christians. Amen? Amen. He, re- he encourages those in the church to love each other, have a like mind, and, and share purpose together and belief together as we as they experience persecution and bore the weight of external pressure. If you look at many of his letters, it's a consistent theme. Amen. Paul stressed unity, unity within the church because false teachers were ravaging the church. False teachers were absolutely destroying the church because the people didn't wasn't sure what they believed in. But when we don't want to cope, when we secure in what we believe in, uh, we we can stand strong in the Lord. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Paul says in Philippians 2, verse 2, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, and in one mind. Amen. Amen. In the book of Acts, Luke writes the book of Acts, we see a good example of the early church being united. It says in Acts chapter 2, uh, the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Acts chapter 2 goes on to say all the believers were together and had everything in common. Amen. They weren't united. They were on yes. one accord. But we bring it down to the individual level We, When we got saved We, we participated in unity with Jesus Christ Oh, that's good news right there uh, the, the very day you confessed the Lord Jesus And believed in your heart that God raised Him from the dead It was the manifestation of unity with Jesus Christ Accepting His atoning sacrifice on that cross Amen He went to that cross so you would be unified with Him And also given eternal life Amen that's why. This is why it says in John three three sixteen, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever I like the old King James word whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting you you united in covenant with Jesus Christ. Amen. And you receive eternal or everlasting life. Amen. Unity glorifies Jesus Christ. Paul goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, he says, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Amen. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supportive ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each, as each part does its work amen so when I say unity in the church glorifies Jesus Christ it's simply a matter of Christ being the head of the church and all of us as believers being the body amen Uh, this is why Jesus tells his disciples in John 15 remain in me as I also remain in you no branch can bear fruit by itself it must remain in the vine amen Amen. neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me that's not all that's not all unity glorifies Jesus because Jesus has more to say about unity or oneness amen let the church say unity Unity. Jesus prayed that we his followers would be one as he and his father are one amen Jesus in John 17 verses 20 and 21 he prayed a follower departing prayer he says I ask not only on behalf of these but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word that they all may all be one. Amen. He, he goes on to say that our oneness, our unity in the world is what's going to convince or attract non-believers into the church. Amen. He says, As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. In other words, if we're always Cussing and fussing, it does not represent Jesus, amen. It turns people away from the church instead of drawing them into the church, amen. And so here we are in our text today, Psalm 133. It's a psalm of David, and it's attached to these psalms of ascent that we've spent uh, the last few weeks talking about. Psalm 133, it offers encouragement and guidance on unity, amen. Amen. Believers can and should always find unity in praising God. Amen. Uh, Psalm 133, it begins by celebrating the joy of togetherness or being in unity. Amen. Amen. This word unity in the Hebrew, it is yahad. Amen. Which means together or community. I like that. Yahad. It means together, y'all. It talks about Community. We are in community with one another. Amen. David. He knows a little bit about division. He knows a little bit about not being unified. He here. He is king over Judah. He he has inherited a divided nation. While wow, he's kingdom, a uh, king over the kingdom of Judah, Judah, the southern kingdom. Amen. But then eventually, God gave him the entire country. Amen. So then, it becomes a united kingdom. We talked about it before. Every three times a year, the people, they, they journey to Jerusalem for worship at the temple. Amen. Yeah. But the thing is, they, they journey in their own tribes or family groups. But when they got to Jerusalem, they were united as one. This is what the Psalms are of Ascent are about. It's about drawing near to God to worship him. God issued the Mosaic Law through Moses. The twelve, 12 tribes of Israel is twelve of them. They were commanded to make this journey to Jerusalem for the three annual feasts: the Festival of Unleavened Bread, the Festival of Weeks, the Festival of Festival of Tabernacles, if you will. In their obedience to God, the tribes of Israel will come from all over for this uphill journey to to Jerusalem, all right. which which. When Jerusalem positioned on the hill, it meant that anybody those surrounding regions, they would have to go up just to worship at the temple. Amen. But well, Psalm 133, what it does, it, it paints a picture of unity between the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And David is king of the entire nation. What do we learn from this text about unity? I want to share three things with you, then I'll be out of your way. We learned three principles, at at least three, that I want to share with you about unity in Psalm 133. Number one, unity requires intentional participation. I love that. It it requires intentional participation. Amen. As believers, y'all, we must strive for unity at all times, especially in the church. We should be Intentional about what I'm going to call being agents of unity. Uh, We have to be agents of unity. Amen. Unity in the faith is an important part of uh, the Christian belief. Unity does not mean uniformity. It simply means like-minded. Amen. I'm from South Carolina. Y'all are from Norfolk. We think different. We act different. We talk different. We're not uniform, but we're united as a, a body of believers. Amen. David says in verse 1, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. The King James says dwell together. Amen. He David explains that the people of God should enjoy the pleasure of living or dwelling together in unity. It should be a good thing. It should be a pleasant thing. Amen. The, the verse first one raises two questions what does it what makes it good and what makes it pleasant let's deal with the first part that good David he says it's good what makes it good unity is good because it creates harmony between people as opposed to messiness I highlighted this that means I need to say it again unity is good because it it creates a beautiful harmony between people as opposed to messiness. Anybody know anything about messy church? Anybody know anything about messy family? Anybody know anything about a messy workplace? Oh, we go through all kinds of mess on the job. Amen. It's good because it creates harmony. God calls us to live in unity with one another. Amen. So it is important for us to make every effort effort to live together in harmony with every regardless of beliefs and differences. God commands us to do everything in love. Amen. We understand stuff gets messy. Life is messy. Relationships get messy. Uh, church gets messy, uh, when stuff gets messy, it creates a strain on our relationships, it creates strain on our fellowship, we end up hurting each other, we end up destroying the unity that we have worked hard to build, amen? But here's another thing, unity is good because it's the one thing that Satan hates to see. That's, that's the chief principle why unity is good. It's the, it's the very thing that Satan hates to see. Don't you hear me this morning? And why? Because Satan's goal is to destroy unity. Remember, the thief coming not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. Uh, Satan would love nothing more than divided, messy church. Amen. But for us, we have to be deliberate about living in peace and harmony. Y'all remember those fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5? Those fruits of the Spirit help us to be intentional about being agents of unity. Amen. The Holy Spirit gives us the the ability to be patient with one another, amen. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to be kind with one another, amen. The Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, help us to love one another through our actions and our words, amen. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you this morning, the scripture, the Bible reminds us that it is our responsibilities to lead the way. In promoting unity amen that's old-school theology right there because we live in a time now where everything is about self and individual instead of community that's important we have to lead the way because society I said it last week society is all about self Uh, what's in it for me not about us it's not about community it's about what can I get out of this amen I recall, or I recall a quote I heard on the radio one time A lady said There is no unity without community All right. Unity is good Because it builds harm But the second is Why is unity pleasant? He says it's good and pleasant Then why is it pleasant? It's pleasant because it is Spiritually and emotionally healthy Amen It is spiritually and emotionally healthy Division and disunity keep people at odds with one another Division and disunity it often has us in our feelings uh, I don't like what you said that to me Watch uh, this division disunity it creates anger turmoil it can often lead to violence and vitriol. Amen. Mm-hmm. It can lead to, I like to say, cussing and fussing, mm-hmm. shooting and stabbing. Mm-hmm. And the church is not exempt. Amen. Mm-hmm. Many churches have split up because of the division and fighting within the church is just downright messy. Mm-hmm. Amen. Messy. I'm a witness. I can tell you, uh, it is not, it's not, the church is not exempt. And we see several examples in the Bible. Cain killed Abel because he let jealousy get the best of him. Amen. Joseph's brothers hated him and sold him into slavery because they were jealous that his daddy gave him a nice coat. Amen. A nice robe. So they sold him into slavery. Amen. Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses. Amen. David's very own son, Absalom, turned against him because of jealousy. division. Uh, the disciples they quarreled against each other about who would be the greatest of them. This is why Jesus had to clap back and say, "The greatest among you would be those who serve." They were worried about self, but Jesus was worried about community. Amen. Paul and Barnabas in Acts they fell out over taking John Mark on a ministry assignment. Amen. And so, in an age where we're living with so many people are divided and we're so polarized right now it, it the question becomes what can we agree on we have to agree on everything that honors the Lord Jesus Christ but then the question also becomes, why would you want to spend your whole life mad at people why do you want to spend your whole life mad at this person and mad at that person and want to get at this person and get at that person. But I come to tell you this morning uh, it's good and pleasant when brothers dwell together of God's people dwell together in unity. Amen. It's pleasant because anything that invokes the name of Jesus Christ, it ought to be a pleasant experience. Amen. This is why David says in Psalm 122, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go. Into the house of the Lord I expect to go through hell out right there But I ought to come in here and be able to worship In unity And it ought to be a pleasant experience Amen Out of all the hell we've gone through during the week I look forward to uniting with the believers And worshiping the Lord Amen That is an intentional approach to unity So anything that invokes the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, it ought to be a pleasant experience, not a dreaded experience. Amen. Are you hearing me this morning? This entire psalm, it is about an experience, a worship experience. It ought to be pleasant for everybody that comes through that front door. Not not just this church, but any church you go to, it ought to be a pleasant experience. Amen. Where believers are gathering to worship God. Invoking the name of Jesus Christ. So number one, we have to be intentional about unity. But number two, the text teaches that unity bridges gaps. Unity bridges gaps. In other words, unity builds relationship. I like this. Unity bridges gaps because it counters division and tribalism. You've heard the term tribalism before. Tribalism, it it creates gaps and separation. Tribalism seeks to elevate one group of people over another. Mm -hmm. Tribalism says my tribe is better than your tribe. Mm -hmm. Tribalism says my denomination is better than your denomination. Mm -hmm. Tribalism says, some of us are guilty of it. Tribalism says my church is better than your church. (laughs) We've turned church into a competition. Ain't no tribalism. We're all part of God's church. But but tribalism says my church is better than your church. If we worship the same Jesus Christ, how can your church be better than mine? Uh, you, You may have more bells and whistles than I have. You may have fancier music than I have. You may have a better sanctuary, but if we're glorifying Jesus Christ... Ah, we ought to be unified, amen. (laughs) Tribalism creates gaps and separation, but unity bridges gaps because watch this, it forges and fosters relationship. Ah, it unity forges and fosters relationship. Unity doesn't seek to erase people's differences. But rather unity seeks to have people find common ground with one another. I know you don't think like I do, but I'm not here to erase what you believe or what you think. But I'm here to worship God with you. That's the common ground we can we can agree on. David says in verse two, it is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of of his robes. Aaron was a priest. He was a priest in the Old Testament. Uh, Leviticus chapter 8, he was anointed as the first high priest. The Bible says Moses took some anointing oil and poured some of it on Aaron's head to consecrate him. But the oil didn't just stay on his head. It, it began to flow down. Amen. The oil poured on his head; it, it flowed down to his face, over his beard, over to the collar of this robe. Amen. And David uses this illustration to, to let us know that unity is not abstract. Amen. Uh, as, as the oil covered the face of Aaron, unity should touch every part of the body. Amen. Unity is not about the pastor; not not just about the pastor. It's just about the it's about the entire church. Amen. I'm not just united with the deacons. I'm not just united with uh, the trustees. I'm, I'm united with Lottie, Dottie, and everybody. Amen. That's what, that's what bridging the gap is all about. Amen. I'm here to serve everybody, not just one family, every family. Amen. Amen. But unity is precious because this oil, it also had a sweet scent of perfume. Amen. In other words, unity looks good and it smells good, amen. But this unity is stinky and smelly, amen. Uh, it doesn't look good. Un- unity becomes a sweet-smelling fragrance unto the Lord. I love that it bridges gaps, y'all, because these these tribes—they came from all over Israel. Twelve, the twelve tribes of Israel—they they had all kinds of differences, but when they got to the house of the Lord, they were united in worship, amen. Unity, unity bridges the gap because just like the oil flow down on Aaron, we must all strive for unity and connectedness. Amen. We can disagree about stuff, but we got to be united when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We, we can disagree about whether sugar goes on grips. Amen. But when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, we, we got to be united. We, We can disagree about whether you like cream and sugar in your coffee, amen. But at the end of the day, unity bridges the gap because just like the people of Israel, we have been called into covenant relationship with God and we are connected in covenant relationship with one another based on salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me this morning? We are connected in covenant relationship with one another. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. So unity bridges the gap. Amen. Amen. Unity. This, this all It had a good smell to it. It's pleasing unto God. God favors unity. Amen. He's not the author of confusion. Amen. It, it, it's what makes the church appealing to unbelievers. But the, but the odor of disunity is what drives them away. Amen. But here's the third thing. Unity enhances worship. Number one, we have to be intentional about unity. Unity bridges the gap. But then number three, unity enhances worship. Because simple is simple. I said it already. Where there is unity, then God is glorified. Division, disunity, it creates distraction. How can you worship God when you're distracted? How can you truly worship God when you sit sitting in the church mad at somebody? How can you? How can you truly worship God because you didn't get your way about something that the church needed? How? How can? How can? I'm not talking about anybody, but I'm just talking in general. I'm not talking about anybody. We we vote unanimously here. But these are issues that are these are issues that are killing the church. How can someone truly worship God when they are distracted by division and anger? How can someone truly worship God when they are constantly at odds with one another? Amen. I, I argue with you this morning that kind of worship is not pure. It's, it's not pure. That's why David says, "Created me a clean heart." And renew a right spirit, not just any old spirit, but a right spirit. David understood that the sin that he had committed, it, it it tainted his worship. Amen. This is why Jesus told the woman at the well, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. What I'm trying to tell you, what I'm trying to tell you, God desires pure, unadulterated worship. Amen. But you need to understand, disunity robs you of pure worship, amen? Anything that's not of God, it taints the worship experience, amen? Uh, Disunity, it cripples a church, and it stunts the growth of a church, amen? There is nothing worse than a broken, fragmented church. A broken, fragmented church. Some churches you have cliques in the church. Sog sets in the church. How can you worship God like that? There's no worship. There's no pre-worship. But there is Satan working to destroy the church. But real unity it strengthens the church and enhances the worship. Amen. David says in verse 3 it is like the dew of Hermon. Which falls on the mountains of Zion, for for there I like this verse three. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Old Testament times, y'all, most of the farming in Israel it was it was dry farming. Amen. They depended on the dew or the uh, precipitation to water the fields. Amen. It seems like the only way they could get their crops watered was, was by the morning dew that fell on the hillside. Amen. But just like that dew would give life to the crops, uh, unity enhances the life of the church. Amen. Amen. This dew that fell on Mount Hermon provided fertility for the the crops of Israel. It was was life enhancing. Amen. Uh, Mount Hermon is a major mountain. And the dew, as well as the snow, it would all melt and run down the mountain. Amen. And it became a source of uh, water for the Jordan River. Amen. The same way happens for us. When we come together and worship, just like the morning dew gives life to crops, uh, unity gives life to the church. Amen. Uh, unity ought to make divisions disappear. Amen. And then when we're unified, God's blessing is poured all over us. Amen. Amen. Uh, just like we want some cold water in the hot days, we need the dew of the Lord to, to give us life. Amen. Uh, one writer said the tribes of Israel, they were diverse, first, but they have one common bond, amen, that they will worship and be partakers in this covenant relationship of the Lord, amen. amen. The community of believers, God's believers, we have to be united, amen. I'm pushing on to the close. We have to be united as fellow citizens of, of the kingdom of God, amen. amen. Let me say that again we have to be united as citizens of the kingdom of God. Amen. Uh, if we're going to call ourselves in fellowship with Jesus Christ, then we have to be in fellowship with the people of God. Amen. Uh, you can't be in fellowship with God and not be in fellowship with his people. Amen. So as we draw closer to God, and as we submit to his will, we ought to be intentional about uniting with each other. Amen. And so as I close, I simply want to remind you, we're better together than we are divided. Amen. Uh, we must be intentional about unity. Amen. As disciples of Christ, we are called to be agents of unity. Amen. Unity bridges the gaps that we otherwise wouldn't even try to fix. You hear me? We otherwise, wouldn't even try to fix. Because the truth is, I'm minding my business and you need to mind yours. Don't worry about what I have going on over here. But if we're disciples of Christ, we have to be intentional about uniting with one another. Amen? Because unity forges and fosters relationships, unity enhances worship because it is a delightful fragrance unto God. And God blesses our unity and dwells among us. Amen. I like this. David says in the last part of verse 3, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forever more. Did you hear me? Life forever more. In other words, a united church is a thriving church. Amen. In other words, A a united church is a church full of life, full of the Spirit of God. Amen. A united church is full of people in vibrant community with one another. Amen. It's good and pleasant when God's people dwell together in unity. Amen. Did you hear me? It is good and pleasant. Ain't nothing wrong with dwelling together in unity. Amen. But on the other hand, A divided church is always a distracted church. Amen. A divided church, the dissension becomes the focal church. Amen. Well, watch this. A divided church runs the risk of becoming a dead church. Are you hearing me this morning? Uh, If you're not careful, a divided church eventually becomes an empty church. Amen. But unity, as David says, God has blessed it and it gives life forever more when we're united we can focus on what is god has called us to do we don't have to uh, focus on differences but we'll focus on uh, preaching the gospel of jesus christ amen unity allows the church to focus on the big picture of impacting lives through the name of the lord jesus christ amen unity allows us to serve the communities better amen instead of worrying about who who's doing this and who's doing that, we have to be on one accord, serving the same God, united in one mission. So I, I, I'm telling you, we're better together. I don't know how you feel about it but, but I'd rather be with you than without you Amen I'd rather serve with you than serve without you Amen In other words, I can't do it by myself I need you, you, and all of you we're, we're better together Let the church say together We're better together than we are apart. Amen All uh, right. we can't have our own mission We have to be united together Because the truth be told That's power in numbers. Amen. Amen. So God bless you, little Zion. And I'll see you at 2 o'clock. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise. We're better together. Come on, stand to the feet. A moment of power. It's a moment of power with Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website, lzmbc.net. Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson, and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.